0: When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary to tell someone that they're an idiot and that you're not going to hang out with them anymore, you do it. podcast.
1: Well, we're, we're back, Jordan.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: We survived another week. Barely. Uh, listeners out there, I hope that uh, things are going well for you. Um, just reminder that uh, we can be found at mindvirus.show. Uh, the website, we have, a, we have um, the podcast is obviously there, but we also have a lot of useful extras, uh, links to articles that we refer to, videos, other things that we might find that we find interesting.
0: Yeah, I've heard from listeners that they really like the the website page beca- pages because they like to go through the sources and dig a little deeper, and it's really helpful to s- to actually support that we're not just stark raving mad, you know. <laughs> we <laughs> like,
1: might be, but <laughs> but we have sources for it.
0: Exactly. At, at least we're our, sourced lunatics. Our
1: madness is not baseless. Yeah. Uh, also, the um, each each podcast episode has its own page, its own blog page, basically. And if you want to chime in, uh, the comments are open. So you can call us out. You can request things. Just say hello. So th- those comments are open. We'd love to hear from you. We're also on Gab. And uh, I don't know if that website is working yet. It's, it's been uh, slammed recently. You can find us there at Mindvirus Show. We're also, uh, at least for the time being, we're at Twitter, uh, at Mindvirus. I give it, I give it 30 days. <laughs> at, well, we'd have to... We'd have to, we'd to, have to get, actually make... Garner get, some attention. Get some bigger audience. <laughs> we're at Mindvirus 3, the number three. So Twitter was tricky. You know, they, when, I, when I made the account they made it look like at mind virus was available. Oh. But when I created the account they tacked on that 3, so there must be two others. Had I known that I would have maybe made us mind virus show, but anyway. Or, or
0: the real mind virus. <laughs> right.
1: So anyway, you could find us on Twitter. Look for the logo. Uh I've used the the logo at all of these. Uh, you know, we have a nice logo with a brain with some uh corona virus elements. It's, anyway, you'll find us there. And we're we're going to just use those to kind of uh, promote the podcast, obviously.
0: Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Well, today's uh, January 18th.
1: Monday, January 18th, 2001.
0: Big event this week is the inauguration. Is it on Wednesday or Thursday?
1: I believe it's on Wednesday the, the 20th. 20th.
0: And, of course, uh, there is a great deal of security theater going on in the capital 25 to thirty thousand troops they're freaking out over things like a homeless encampment starting a fire and uh people sneezing things like that Tell- there was telling people to stay away from the windows
1: there was a story over the weekend that kind of got buried where they the um the national guard kind of manning the uh manning the perimeter in the capital area it does have a perimeter it's a military green zone at this point but a man showed up and presented credentials and was turned away. Um, he was apparently hired. He was a sec- he's a private security contractor and was hired to come and assist. Hired by who? I don't know. The story is odd, but he he had legitimate credentials as a private security person. He showed up with his gear, meaning he had he had a gun and some ammunition for that gun uh, he was turned away the media spun that as somebody that they caught somebody trying to breach the perimeter armed and dangerous dangerous and that there was a plot that he had intentions of kidnapping members of congress i don't know how he thought he would do that with the just walking right military up military presence mhm and also doing that by presenting himself and his credentials and the fact that he was armed legally.
0: And then he went away when they wouldn't let him in. And
1: then they, he went away. So the, the media spun that into this overarching narrative that we're seeing right now of imminent, an imminent right-wing terrorist threat.
0: Right, and we're also seeing uh, some news out there will link to a zero hedge article that uh, talks about armed protesters beginning to arrive at state capitals around the nation and when you read the article it turns out these people are not saying they're on the conservative side they're saying they're there to support black lives matter and they some of them will say they're associated with the boogaloo boys movement uh, but they, they, the media is trying really hard to associate these people with the proud boys and the oath keepers and other more respected, well, I guess they would call right wing militias. Let's, let's get out there. The f- idea that it's okay to have a militia and it's okay to be right wing, <laughs> you know, this is the militia. The idea of the militia comes from the earliest days of this continent's uh, settlers from Europe it really means every man and his boys and their guns and whatever they can come up with to defend home and country and family. A militia is a good thing. It's it's having a an ar- uh, it's not a standing army. It's people protecting themselves in their community. The Minutemen. The Minutemen. Yeah, Paul Revere. That's that's a militia. George Washington f- started the Continental Army based on the militia, the, and the militias would come out and aid in the insurrection against the British.
1: There was the. There we call uh, it an insurrection. uh, There was the. I believe they were called the Green Mountain Boys in Vermont. And, you know, we've mentioned before, we're both LDS. And uh, Joseph Smith Sr. was a Green Mountain boy, if I remember my history. Um, Just a little side note there.
0: Yeah, we have a long standing history of being really positive about militia in this country Until, until recently.
1: Uh, last week you know you mentioned you mentioned these uh, uh, armed protest at all 50 state capitals last week the FBI planted this idea seeded this idea that based on a flyer now nobody knows where the flyer came from or who created it but they created this this threat this panic that all all 50 state capitals on the 17th so Sunday yesterday were going to be Sieged, just like what we saw in d c on January sixth, there were no
0: credible there, threats there
1: were no credible sources even for this threat and Of course, yesterday came and went, and there was a few, as you just mentioned, a few small gatherings at a few capitals, but nothing nationwide. Our own governor, who we who we like to clown here had an enormous armed police and national guard presence at our capital. There was no threat. He just he declared another state of emergency. Something he learned from his predecessor. Never you know, Gary Herbert never saw an emergency order that he didn't like, or couldn't think of uh, something that couldn't be turned into an emergency. Anyway, the question is why would the FBI seed this idea that there was going to be nationwide violence yesterday at every state capital in the country? My opinion is, again, it's feeding into this hysteria that is sort of piggybacking on the ongoing COVID hysteria and piggybacking on this, uh, this security theater. We've had security theater throughout 2020 in the name of virus medical security medical security theater how many times have you heard stay safe some variation of stay safe
0: yeah uh, it reminds me of a of a movie night and day with uh cameron diaz and tom cruise where he's a like a high-level government operative special ops guy and he's trying to keep her out of the clutches of the organization that he works for and he tells her you know they're going to try to interview you, and but if they tell you, we've got to get you somewhere safe, that's a code word. You need to run like crazy because they're going to take you into custody, and you'll never see the light of day again. So when they say, we've got to get you somewhere safe, they're going to tell you that, but that's not what they really mean. It means safe for them, not safe for you. <laughs> right. And so, right. yeah, so we're seeing, we keep using the word theater, and that's what it looks like. Uh, we're going to link to, in this podcast, a really great article that Bobby found by a guy named Waller, Uh, his name is J. Michael Waller, a senior analyst for strategy at the Center for Security Policy. His areas of concentration are propaganda, political warfare, psychological warfare, and subversion. He's the former Walter and Lenore Annenberg Professor of International Communications at the Institute of World Politics, a graduate school in Washington, D.C., He's a former instructor with the Naval Postgraduate School. He's an instructor or lecturer at the JFK Special Warfare Center at Fort Bragg. I mean, this guy has credentials, and he was at the rally in D.C. on January 6th, and his description of events, he went home and wrote down before he he looked at any other material from the news, so that he, he wanted to do this, so he had an unbiased take, and he saw, I mean, he... His article is, is incredibly good to expose the fact that what the media is engaged in is theater, a complete and total intentional mischaracterization or fabrication of what went on, and because of that, I wanted to today frame our conversation in the setting of a movie, and that movie was uh, Sherlock Holmes number one, which was Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, in 2009 a really good movie but they go through um a series of events and functions and and happenings in that movie that appear to be quite linked to what we've seen in the last many years and what's what we've seen going down today so i want i want to um if that's okay i want that's the that's the the it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Well produced, really fun. But but that's the uh, framework I want to use for discussing this because what happens is in the end of that, the bad guy, a guy named Lord Blackwood, he's played by the actor Mark Strong. He he has set up this through, through uh, technology, through careful planning. He's set up... A, a narrative that the pu- the people in the, in the city believe there in london they believe a certain thing is going on and he set himself up as this almost supernatural magical savior type or or leader type that's going to take over and he the, he creates a climax that occurs at the parliament at their house of congress while both houses of congress are meeting and there's this big show going on to try and convince the elected representatives to either go with him or die. They either, they either support him or they will die. And at what's at stake is control of the country. And, and he's trying to scare them into supporting his agenda. So I think it's really interesting because what do you have happening right now in Washington, D.C.? You've got 25,000 troops there. And who, who are the people that are most being terrorized by this the people who work in Washington DC they're literally being told to stay away from the windows in this green zone tell tell us about a green zone bobby what's that why where where's that terminology come well, from well
1: my my understanding of it is that it's uh it's a it's a place of relative safety that's usually set up near or in a combat zone you might remember during the um during the early days of the Iraq war uh, you know after 911 a lot of the reporters were set up in this green zone so they could be on site
0: that's the way i remember it is it mostly had it's it, that idea got ha, has had the most exposure through the uh, the Iraq war because a big section of the center of Baghdad was considered a green zone where security was tightly controlled and It was was essentially a militarized zone that they thought of, that they would, people like to think of it as demilitarized, but it was a place of total control where the government of the United States had exerted 100% security over the situation, And, and so there are troops everywhere, and it's essentially when when i say militarized it sounds like you're entering a war zone no it's militarized in the sense that you have a total martial law and total control over what the people are doing in there so therefore the oligarchy the control the controllers can rest easy because everything is 100% controlled
1: right so right now in washington dc you have a green zone a green zone with uh with walls and barbed wire And military checkpoints, Uh, nobody goes in or out without... uh, Without the emperor's approval. Yeah, without showing credentials, without... Basically, uh, you have to show uh, clearances, you know, security clearances. Of of course, this means that the so-called people's house, the capital, is... is The temple. It's closed to the people. They've been calling it a temple. Yeah, the most
0: sacred place. The sacred temple, yeah.
1: Uh, it's a den of thieves in reality.
0: <laughs> well, l- look, this 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 is all theater because Baghdad literally was a war zone, and there was a lot of a mil- uh, lot of violent activity going on. Bombs. Well, pe- yep. Di- uh, ieds right
1: the insurgents as you remember remember they used to call them that, that was the term it's the, the iraqi term, yeah. insurgents well yeah. now, now we have republican insurgents yeah. but the iraqi insurgents these are people that were, didn't want the americans there were in their homeland lobbing shells and bombs and what what they could manage into the baghdad green zone on a regular basis i remember news you know news reporters pretending to take cover and into mm-hmm. duck and maybe in some cases it was more uh real, than, real. than not but i but it was a, it was a very uh that t, that war the iraq war was very much a made-for-tv war yeah
0: uh, well and the uh the first iraq war uh the, the gulf war that mm-hmm. we called it there is literal footage from cnn where they are laughing about having invented these yeah with their gas masks yeah and they put on their gas masks and then you, you, you that footage came out like what ten or 12 years ago. We'll have to see if we can find that. And link, I think if I remember to, right,
1: if we're thinking of the same thing, they were not actually in Iraq. They, they were in the United States. Yeah. I'm not sure
0: if it was in a studio or what, but and, it was very clear when, you know, 20 years later, people got the footage out that they were just making it up.
1: Right. And they were laughing about it. Yeah. So to pull this back to our current times where Jordan is looking up, trying to find that footage that, Right now we have this zone set up around the Capitol building where they are where the media is telling us telling the nation telling their audience that they should expect insurgents to start lobbing shells over these walls and to to be violent. And right. I don't know where they think these uh, militias are going to come up with IEDs and RPGs well, and who's going to want to go face down 25,000 National Guard troops? That's right.
0: that's silly. That's absurd. In fact, most of the people in the conservative right militia type of you know area are saying you'd be have to be idiotic well, to, to go out right now and try to do anything.
1: So they've created an internal threat and their, their uh, Yahoo News has an article, uh, which I think was originally posted at Business Insider, that uh, purports that... National Guard troops at the Capitol are being trained to f- to root out extremism and those among their ranks who would, would likely attack Joe Biden on Inauguration Day. So these troops are being made to be suspicious of one another. I don't know how well that that training's being received among the troops. Reports that I've read uh, are that the troops don't know exactly why they're there and they don't really want to be there. I mean based on the photos would you want to be sleeping on the hard marble floors of the capitol for a few days or weeks? Yeah, um, no way. With all of your gear and not really know why you're there. But this today, I think a lot of these guys know why they're there. It's just, you know, they they
0: have their own views. They've been watching the news. Well, I they think they just have to follow orders. What they
1: don't what I what I mean by that is there's no stated mission. Today, uh, at least this clip, this clip might have been yesterday, but it it showed up on social media today, uh, representative from Representative Cohen, Steve Cohen, who's from Tennessee, he's the chairman of the Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties. Ironically enough, today alleged uh, asserts that that the National Guard and he makes up some numbers, but he says. He says most of the people in the National Guard are white males. Only 20 or 30% of white males voted for Joe Biden. Therefore, 70 to 80% of the men in the National Guard are enemies of Joe Biden and are a threat. This, isn't a, this is a sitting elected official making. He's baseless. a Republican? No, he's a Democrat. Oh, okay. M- making. I'm going to double check that making Base, these baseless allegations baseless <laughs> allegations and the, it, it, the guilt,
0: guilt by association
1: allegations His he on his twitter he's got a hashtag impeach trump so i should say he's probably a democrat but actually that doesn't mean anything either i'm i'm almost positive that he's a democrat but i'm going to go to his house page just to confirm okay but the the reporter says to, to the CNN reporter's credit, I mean, he says, just voting for Trump doesn't make you an extremist. And his response is basically, well, it's a start, and we probably should look into these guys. So here's the troops that for some reason are guarding his office. And let's remember, the Capitol building's just a fancy office building in essence. Yeah. So the place where this guy works, he's alleging that up to 80% of the people who have been called in there to protect him from some kind of threat probably actually are the threat. Yeah. Yet it's us, Jordan. We're the people (laughs) peddling baseless conspiracy theories.
0: Right. Well that, and that's what, that's what this uh, episode I think is going to be about is about the shifting narrative and the, theater that's being employed here because it's it's intentional but what what you see in a period you know in a movie everything goes off really smoothly like in Sherlock Holmes the, the plot moves from point a to point b from event to event in a, in a quick strategic fashion that tells the story in a neat tidy package that you can look at in a two-hour period and when you're looking at the the movie of life you're looking at the the movie that the the mainstream press is painting for us, that's playing out more on like a, a period of weeks, months, years, even. And in, in the periods of change, like right after 9-11, you get a bunch of conflicting narratives right, right off the bat when the big event happens or, or during the 2008 crisis or the wars or whatever. You, uh, like, for example, on January 6th at the Capitol building this year, you'll get a period, a period that's going to be relatively short where the, the narrative shifts around and a lot of information, truth even, comes out and then it gets whitewashed or sanitized by the spin machine of the corporate press as they then coalesce around what their, what their agenda is and start to use their neurolinguistic linguistic programming techniques to tell the public what to think about the events that just happened. And my, my assertion here in comparing this to Sherlock Holmes is that there is an agenda at, uh, in play and it's becoming very clear that it's a coordinated agenda. We see that because of, uh, for example, this uh, article by Waller that I hope you'll all read, J. Michael Waller incredible, very, very credible eyewitness, incredible account of the events makes it very clear that the way that the Capitol riot played out was choreographed by a small number of people and they used about a, between 500,000 and a million. It's, It's coming out now that the crowd was even bigger than I thought, maybe a million people they use them as participants in the play so we we are all actors in this play we're all we're all parts of the 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 heroic story like we talked about last time
1: all when, the world's a stage yeah
0: all the world's a stage and so you play a role whether you like it or not and the question is what role are you playing and so every, every, at every interaction you're playing some sort of a role and so these folks that went out to DC they got co-opted into this agenda in a way they didn't understand and now we're seeing how that plays out and all of the coronavirus stuff was part of that agenda, part of that plan, part of that strategy. And the stealing, The there's another article we're going to link to by a man named Klaus G. Rin a professor of uh, political science at a Catholic university. He's probably pretty conservative, but he's, he's a middle-of-the-road conservative type of a guy, and he tries to go through all of the evidences of vote fraud without demonstrating bias and he just point after point after point shows how incredibly obvious the fraud is i mean he he doesn't want to go there he's he's loath to go there but he's like he points out that the european pundits are all going there already like right off the bat they were calling our election rigged and these are these are these european guys are some of the most controlled press outlets in the world who have you know their own rigged elections, and they're calling <laughs> the American election rigged, you know. So he 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 has some really good stuff that needs to be talked about, also, or needs at least at least needs to be looked at. So anyway, what I'm trying to point out is this is choreographed, this is scripted, and. The, the movie is playing out, not in a two-hour period, but in a, in a matter of weeks and months and over a year, and it's, it's part of a broader play that has been playing out over the last hundred years, like we discussed in our very first podcast, and this play has been set up by a secret society, and that's what we find right off the bat in Sherlock Holmes. He, he's battling a secret
1: society. Don't they even have a meeting in a in a fancy European hotel somewhere? Or is that the second one?
0: Well, I'm not sure what you're referring to. They have a they have a te- uh, like in. Um,
1: I think I'm thinking of the second one where Moriarty gets and, and Sherlock fall off the balcony.
0: Yeah, that's that. That's um, is that the second one? That is the second one. Yeah, the second one is is really interesting. If we if we're looking at the big picture, the first movie explains the secret conspiracy the secret criminal syndicate or, or or criminal masterminds and their goals for steering steering nations and it, it de- demonstrates that there is um that like a lot of people when you tell them that there's a conspiracy or a, a criminal syndicate they think of a star chamber where everything's totally controlled and, and everybody's puppeted marionetted and and that everything is planned out, and that's just simply not the case. We're ta- we're dealing with human beings, and plans that go astray and awry, and and a, and a great deal of intrigue and subterfuge. And in a lot in a lot of cases, I think in most cases, the truth is stranger than fiction. Like if, if you if we could make a movie out of this, it would be so twisted and turned, and so many ups and downs and failures and and successes that that it would be way better. It would be the best movie ever produced. And and the Sherlock Holmes movie is interesting because there's a it starts with a rift inside of the secret combination. First of all, Lord Blackwood is c- captured. It start this the f- opening scene. Watson and Holmes intervene and save a, a young woman's life in a ritualistic sacrifice, and Lord Blackwood is captured. But he we find out later that he intended to be captured because. And sorry, spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen this movie, stop for more than a decade. It's it's more than a decade. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Turn this off. Go watch it, and then come back, and then you can listen to our analysis. It's a really good movie. It's fun if you haven't if you haven't seen it. It'd be fun to see it all the way through, without having had it spoiled. But here I'm going to spoil it right now, big time. Okay, he uh, Blackwood has set all of this up so that he can be captured and hung. He gets he gets killed by the. uh, by the establishment by by the court system in there in london and that was his whole point he he fakes his own death so that he can come back from the grave and assert even more mystical intense uh charismatic energy over his the the people that he he desires to control and it's a form of mind control when you control the narrative when you can control the appearance of the events then you are essentially engaging in the in the control of the minds of your subjects and so so blackwood fakes his own death and he then takes over the secret society so what we have is a he we literally have a depiction of the the criminal syndicate the secret society that's tra- that has been steering the nations for centuries they are they have a conflict in their ranks, which has to happen all the time, you have to have all kinds of political uh, wrangling or uh, you know secret wrangling going on. If if you're like one of the most insecure situations to live in would be if you had a seat at the table of the criminal syndicate attempting to rule the world right now. Like you could literally, I'm reminded of a scene in James Bond Spectre where they're all sitting around the the room in this huge table in an italian uh elaborate castle or you know palace or whatever and one man is giving his report and the 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 main ruler says is there you know is there anyone that desires to contend and then the guy played by joe battista who's a huge bodybuilder guy he comes from out of the shadows walks up behind the fellow who just gave his report gouges his eyes out and takes his place his seat at the table. I mean, that's literally what it's got to be like to be part of this criminal syndicate. It is not like when you say conspiracy and somebody laughs, oh, it can't be that coordinated. No, they just have no imagination. It's like, don't you recognize how this stuff works? And it has worked like this from the beginning of time. It's one thing that's really interesting about the Mormon scriptures is that in the Book of Mormon, the whole thing is, I mean, like you could argue that the major theme is about how secret criminal syndicates gain control of, of the governments of populations and destroy the entire society. And it happens twice to the society in the in the Book of Mormon. But, you know, of course, some people think Joseph Smith just made that all up. But anyway, um, okay, so getting back to jump in here anytime, Bobby, I know I'm taking a lot of time. But the, <laughs> the point is that y- the stage is set with Blackwood getting captured, and he has, he has an elaborate plan that has been set in motion that requires people to perceive events in a certain way so that he can ultimately take power, and the culmination of events ends at the joint session of Congress, or at the Capitol, where he has, is trying to cause fear amongst the elected leaders, or the, the rulers of Britain, so that they will give him this supreme leader type of power, and think of him as sort of a religious, mystical... Um, you know savior type of a figure who's going to make the the nation great again <laughs> they literally talk about taking back the American colonies and uh, it's funny some of these monologues are so are, are so pointed and so apropos not to not just to then you know back in the 1800s when it was set but today to today Blackwood literally has a monologue where he's telling his associates you know America is going through a civil war and they're weak. We're gonna take them over. I mean, what is what's happening right now in the United States? And Sherlock Holmes, when he figures this all out, he, he gives this big monologue about the the temples and their their system, the meaning the the order of the temple, the secret combination, the secret society and their system and how it works and how they plot everything out and how the, the major cities of the world are architected in an esoteric fashion, which is true, you know, symbolic manner. And, and, he, and he determines the location of the final takedown, which is in Parliament, and uh, throws in a lot of esoteric or hermetic symbolism and theology. In, in fact, he says, he says to Watson and the Rachel McAdams Character, uh, his love interest. He says, "I think I may have reconciled thousands of years of theological disparity, but we'll have to talk about that another time." And it's <laughs> literally like, you know, if you haven't studied these people, they are into th- the esoteric in a huge way, and they do things in a symbolic way, and they lay it out for you. And then, if you're not smart enough to see it, I think that that's I think that's part of their criminal code. They're 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 thieves. they th- the ethics among these thieves. The honor of those thieves is they. They feel like they have to pre-message out in various ways what, what's going to happen. And then if you're not smart enough or powerful enough to sidestep it, then you deserve to be ruled by them. So anyway, that, that's what's going on. And, we, and we're, we're seeing this right now. Like they're, they're, I, I, I'm not clairvoyant, but there's no way that any conservative groups want to do anything on the 20th of January right now. you you would have to be brain damaged to try to to, to attack the inauguration.
1: Right, and they've made that clear with the military presence. Stephen Cohen is a Democrat, by the way. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, the military— I up
1: that loose end. Thank you. The
0: military presence, though, is part of the theater. Exactly. Because there's— Like, you don't need 25,000 troops. You need 1,000.
1: Well, what I read was that the 25,000— are anywhere from two to three times what you would normally have as far as security and military presence at a typical inauguration, and and of course that's not to mention all of the all of the uh, the barricades and the walls and the barbed wire and mm. the vehicles. But what what we're
0: getting at here is narrative. Like it doesn't matter what how this compares to the last inauguration. What matters is that they're making a huge deal out of it. They're like showing picture
1: after picture. And and they're doing that in the name of domestic terrorism that will be perpetuated by white conservative males. A friend of mine the other day said he woke up one morning recently and just felt, he felt terrible because the realization kind of sunk in that he, he is the most hated person in America. Not him individually, but his type. He's a he's a middle aged white male at a kind of upper middle class demographic, who's fairly conservative. And he just thought, how did how did this happen? What did I ever do to become the most hated man in America? And right now, and th- and that's been happening for a long time. Right now, it's kind of culminating in this idea that if you are white, like Representative Stephen Cohen. Says, if you are white and conservative, you are a a, a threat to the president. Not an ideolo- not an ideological threat, not like a, a threat, physical threat, but an actual a security threat, violent security threat. Someone who is likely to commit an act of terror.
0: Right, and that gives the excuse for the um, theater. Not just the theater, but the actual physical presence of the security—martial
1: law. Yeah, martial law. Not only that, because make no mistake, Washington D.C. is under martial law right now. It is. There are bridges closed, and and keep this also in mind: is that it's not just the Capitol building, but people. There are people who live and work in this area who are no longer able to leave their homes or go to work because of this military presence. Yeah, it's a curfew. It's not just the National Mall. It's it's multiple insane video of a loudspeaker. Uh, This was near the Capitol, after dark, and a loudspeaker with this soothing voice saying, stay inside, curfew is in effect, stay inside, curfew is in effect. It was something, it was like something out of The Purge, the TV series, The Purge. Uh, it almost people, people commented that they thought it was a clip from The Purge, and it was not. It was real life. What they're doing, and this, this piggybacks on what you're talking about with the symbolism and the kind of showing their hands, showing their cards, this idea of predictive programming, which is something we could spend an entire day on. But they're, what they're doing is they're setting the stage. They're planting these seeds. Telling you what to expect. For a false flag attack. Yeah, Whether they, that's at the inauguration or not, they're setting this they're setting the, the stage for an attack which
0: will be a false flag attack, but they'll blame it on somebody else and it will always be in their interest.
1: They're setting the stage for something to happen that they can blame on a middle-aged white conservative male. Right. And preferably, one or many. Preferably they'll find somebody that was at the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah. And they'll and, and they'll use that poor Patsy, yeah, I, I don't think I think they're gonna
0: have a hard time staging a false flag with a large number of people, although that's possible. They could have
1: military elements. All you need is one staging. all you need is one Stephen Paddock. He was the alleged Vegas shooter. All okay. you need is one. and uh, the environment right now, especially with the after the inauguration, leftists will run the entire government. All you need is, is one, especially if it's if something happens at a Capitol building or against a elected official, because right now they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to burn down a police station in Minnesota. It's a completely different thing to quote storm the Capitol of the United States, because quote, this is like the most sacredest of all places. Yeah. End of quote. <laughs> That's the absurd video that I, and we'll link to this video, assuming it doesn't get memory hold. There's a Capitol Police officer escorting Buffalo Hat Man, which I'm sure you've all seen in the press. He's being made into a celebrity, escorting him to the podium of the Senate chambers, kind of reluctantly, but again, escorting him, saying, and the guy comes in, the Buffalo guy walks in, he's like, Whoa, look at this, it's so cool. And then the police officer says, Is there is there any chance? And there's another guy there in in full-on like camo who's who claims to have been shot with some plastic or rubber bullets, but he's sitting on the ground. He's asked if he needs medical attention. He says, No, I'm fine. I just got hit with some plastic bullets. The Buffalo hat guy goes up to the podium. The police officer says, is there like any chance I could get you guys to leave? And they're like, yeah, we will. Just a second. And he goes, because this is like, this is a really sacredest place. It's it, it's really kind of an absurd, absurd video. Yeah. And, it, and it cuts off. It's just like a TikTok video or something. But it cuts off as the Buffalo Man is going up to the podium to pose for these fi- photos that are now everywhere. He's the face of this coup or this insurgency.
0: Quote, unquote, air quotes.
1: There was no... Like, that, if you're calling this a coup or an insurgency... Uh, that police officer yeah. <laughs> that escorted him in there was not under duress. He was not facing any imminent danger. I don't know uh, the guy who claims to have been shot with rubber bullets or plastic bullets. I don't know the story behind that. Well, he said, I he, was, he
0: said he was in there trying to keep people from desecrating the place. Yeah, he said something like, don't, don't worry, man.
1: I'm making sure no one, no no one, one, one does anything this like place, that. Yeah. And no one did. No one did. I don't yeah. know in the timeline if this was before or after Ashley Babbitt was shot. But the point is, especially when you pair this stuff up with the article that we talked about from uh, well- Weller, right? Mm-hmm. Waller. Waller. There was not an imminent danger on that day. I still think that Ashley Babbitt died because a cop panicked. And maybe, and I don't know anything about that that cop. I don't know if he was inexperienced. I don't know his backstory. There's also an i. There's also some uh, theories, or even, and the, these aren't like baseless conspiracy theories, but it's it's been floated in the in the mainstream press that this guy from Utah, this Sullivan guy, who was there, this uh, he's a black lives matter kind of rabble rouser type who happened to be like uh, on the front lines. Well, okay. I got to back up because there's video, there's a lot of video that's going be coming out from this and I don't like to get stuck in the weeds, but sometimes we have to. The Sullivan guy went into the Capitol with a CNN affiliated reporter is that the young woman mm-hmm. who who didn't want to be on tape? And she says, I can't believe we did it. You know, we did it. And she says something like, are you filming? And he says, don't worry, I'll delete it. But well, it didn't delete he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he published it. So that jives with with Waller's uh, article. It jives with things that people told me who were there that just they just felt like things were orchestrated. How is it? I've asked this question before. How is it that Buffalo Man gets to the inner sanctum of the capitol building without ever he never destroyed anything he there's other videos of him just waltzing in with photographers surrounding him he he's the face of all of this he's photogenic he gets right there this sullivan guy is happens to be right there where ashley babbitt gets shot
0: with a cnn reporter i didn't know she was with cnn but that's
1: cnn affiliated anyway i think she's done contract work for others okay and i don't know but she's know, like mainstream press yeah and i don't know and, and i don't clearly think has it, an agenda. and i don't think it's ever been established if she was there independently or if she was on assignment with somebody like cnn but there's a, there's the idea that it's possible that sullivan kind of um, egged ashley babbitt on to get her to climb that that wall I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that, but the, it's this idea to me that that lends credence to that, that this was all orchestrated, was that well, the, the perfect people, the, all the right people were in the right place. Yeah. That day was freezing cold. The people who were there, you look at the videos, everyone was bundled up and it was cold and it was muddy. And then you have Buffalo Man, who doesn't wear any clothes hardly. He has no shirt on. Did did he have a jacket at some point? Where did he come from? Was he there when when President Trump spoke a few minutes earlier, or was he waiting in the wings to be escorted through a side door to be right where he needed to be when he needed to be there for the for the photo ops? These well, are and I'm right. getting I'm no, getting you're,
0: it's not it's okay to get into the weeds here. What you're demonst- you're trying to demonstrate for the listeners, and I hope that you'll go out and look at all this stuff because. I almost feel like I don't have to do any more looking. It is very clear to me, especially after reading the Waller article, that this was not just a setup; it was a serious setup, and they t- these people understand what this what Waller's area of expertise is. Let me go back to his, his
1: his. And while you're looking that up, his his account is interesting because it's not something that he he spent a lot of time writing. Right. This it, is he, it's almost like a stream of conscious. Conscience
0: just Yeah. Stream of Consciousness. His areas of concentration are propaganda, political warfare, and psychological warfare and subversion. He's been studying protests and protest movements and stuff like this for years, and he had a front row seat and gives his first-hand unadulterated account of what happens. He says there were about a hundred people coordinated. He identifies four different groups of subversives that were. Appear to be organized agitators. Now you would. He doesn't. He doesn't make these statements, but you can easily connect the dots. These people were paid. They were uh, instructed on what to do, and they they got up at the front of the protest, and they fomented the violence and broke down the gates, and then encouraged people to engage in violence. Meanwhile, there were men in the back. Keeping the crowd coming, trying to keep the press of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people pressing in, they were they were attempting to create a pressurized powder keg. When there, he, and I think that they were disappointed that it, that they couldn't get the conservatives to riot.
1: When he tried to leave, he was he was berated by somebody. Where are you going? He Come was on, clear, let's He go. was trying
0: to clear space for friends, uh, for older people. The, he, he characterizes the crowd as a family crowd with with children, with older older folks and uh you have a, a relative who came and showed you all the photos so you've seen a photos firsthand and videos
1: account. they were there with with kids um so what what I think Bobby and I are saying is in
0: no uncertain terms this was planned and uh Waller points out how the police were understaffed he says even for a regular day at the Capitol, they were understaffed. But you had a joint session of Congress counting the electoral votes in a contended election with the president rallying down the street. Like, they they, they don't make mistakes like that, people. This is not something that they make a mistake on. The police were understaffed, and one of the police, they're making a big deal about the two policemen that died. One of them had uh, a blood clot go to his brain. That's unfortunate, but it doesn't sound like he was killed by malicious Lethal violence. It wasn't like somebody tried to kill him. It was it was incident to a I would what what I would call a football game, full contact type of a, a struggle. Now, it, does that mean that his death is um, some nobody should be held accountable? No. I mean the, the people were fighting the police. That's there are laws about that, but it wasn't the protesters or or you know run of the mill protesters somebody just pulling out a gun and shooting this people guy. People
1: didn't the the maga the maga, the MAGA crowd yeah, did not fly to DC with the intention of hurting people or or and taking over the government or storming the Capitol. Yeah,
0: and and, the, and Waller explains that even during the the riot part of it they still didn't because he he now the other I want to point out the other cop that died died of suicide. They're counting that as a, as a death here in this incident. The media, the media are counting this, this man's suicide as a incident to the Capitol riot. But why would a man commit suicide? Is it, po- is it not possible? Is it not just possible, but plausible, but even probable that he committed suicide because he realizes that he was caught up in a narrative that is completely diametrically opposed to what he actually witnessed? As a capital policeman, and here's what Waller said about the people. He said the police were understaffed, and the the riot the riot began. The subversive elements started to to riot and cause violence, and the police fell back and they shot tear gas into the crowd. They didn't shoot it onto the barricade lines. They shot it over the barricades into the crowd, and people were literally yelling at the police up on the steps, saying, "We support you. Why are you tear gassing us?" Because they couldn't even see. The rioting going on on the front, but they were getting tear gas and getting rubber bullets shot at them. So you had potentially in the police subversive elements who knew full well what they were doing, and then and then you have a man who who dies in the tu- because of the tussle, he has a blood clot go to his brain, and you have a policeman who commits suicide later. This it is it, we will never know for sure until perhaps the other till we all get on the other side of this veil, but. I think as as far as world events go and history goes, I have there's no doubt in my mind this was a setup, a huge setup. and Waller's article, everybody should read this article, and everybody should send it to their closest ten friends, who should send it to their closest ten friends or a hundred friends. Everybody needs to read that article because it becomes very clear that what happened was mischaracterized in the media and it is not what you think. Whatever you think of it it was not what you think. I'm sure there'll be people out there that read it and say, "Oh, so these people were paid by Donald Trump to or or con- the conservative right." But it's it's clear that they're not. Uh, and and the the I people who think, were there
1: I I don't think cuz kind of a, a a talking point from the right is those were antifa dressed up. No, that's not and, antifa. And I don't think it was I think a lot of Antifa are these same type of independent agitators. Well,
0: let's say this. It's not rank-and-file Antifa, because we'll, we'll link to right. a video where I, f- I found a video or a, f- a friend sent me a video of uh, a, a man in a beard who was seen at the some of the Portland rallies he w- or, or some of the Black Lives Matter rallies. I can't remember which city it was, but you it's one of the most incriminating videos because he's rallying these young black men and telling them what to vandalize and he's paying them there. Yeah, and then they right. they found this man in the Capitol building organizing, putting on gas masks and breaking windows and whatever. So there's vi- there's video of this guy in both places. And, and so he's technically Antifa, but the, that's not... Antifa is just a, a tool of the fascist.
1: The people that showed up in the Capitol and got these photos, like the Buffalo hat guy, like these other guys that are are, are kind of rough and tattooed and bearded and carrying these MAGA flags and Trump flags are the, are exactly, they're the exact images that the press and the leftists needed and they got them. And I, I, I'm going to harp on this for a bit because how is it that these perfect people, these perfect images, caricatures of the right. Exactly. were were orchestrated and we've talked about this we talked about this last time too that just there were there were reporters around every corner photographers around every corner and of course everybody's got their cell phone cameras but of the hundreds of thousands of people that were there that day they happened to be the first people in and I think like you said a few well-meaning people sort of got swept up in this I think Ashley Babbitt was one of them but in one of the videos i've seen from a, a friend he was right outside of the capitol doors i think on the on the back side of the capitol from from or one of the side doors it wasn't like the main entrance where but he has he has video plain as day of of police officers standing standing there chatting friend, friendly chatting with the people and people just going in and out of the Capitol building as if it's uh, a crowded tourist day. And I asked this person who was there, I said, did you know someone had been shot? He said, no, nobody knew. I said, was there any sense of panic or danger? He said, no. He said, there was some tear gas and we all just kind of figured that was like, that was the sign to go home. (laughs) Like, okay, you're done. And he has videos and and really what you have here is some rabble rousers that got swept up in a setup, as you've said, and that was kind of i think I think we were texting so i was I was away from the computer and the internet and everything when that all happened, and I came home and sort of was back going backwards trying to figure out what happened and my my initial thought was, this was a trap. I was like, Akbar, Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like a lot of good people walked into this trap and, and uh, a lot of good people were just playing the role that they needed to play, which was a big sea of red, white, and blue, MAGA hats, American flags, uh, people that the left and the media would classify as, as dumb, uneducated, flyover country deplorables, quote, sieging the Capitol building, the sacred temple of of government power. We ought to do a whole episode on the symbolism of Washington, D.C., and the kind of the absurd way that we aggrandize government with these monuments and statues. But they got what they wanted. They got what they wanted, and now we have martial law in Washington, Washington D.C., which I see no reason for them to stand down after the inauguration. Why would they? Does the threat magically disappear?
0: Well, the, again, it's all about narrative control, and so the question is, will they be able to maintain the narrative if they don't continue the destruction, if they don't keep the people further on edge and so that's why last week i think we we titled last week's episode avalanche because this can't just be the whole event there there's there's going to be more and more false flags more and more security theater more and more blowback blowback is a good term we ought to talk about because the people who are attempting to assert control over the the nation they and over the world they would absolutely love to have a chaotic conflagration where everybody's involved they they they're attempting to induce blowback pearl harbor was blowback it was uh fdr had spent a lot of time fencing in penning in the japanese in in southeast asia he'd cut off their oil supplies and if you if you understand the um uh, geopolitics of the 1930s it was imperialism their uh, nations were trying to assert colonial control colonial control over areas of the world and advance their industrial machines and japan was being cut off by the united states and he essentially set pearl harbor out there as sort of a, uh, a easy target bait bait yeah and uh, induced them to attack, and they and there's a lot of evidence. They tried to warn people that they were going to attack. Uh, there's a book I- entitled "Day of Deceit" by a guy named Stinnett, I believe, that's really good. It goes through all the declassified information. And even the shows. official,
1: even the official narrative, the little film you can watch at at Pearl Harbor, which I saw just a year ago, uh, kind of outlines how just a lot of communication breakdown happened that day that seems really out of place.
0: So Pearl Harbor is a good example of blowback because FDR and and the Western powers were able to induce the Japanese into attacking them, which gave them ample... Um, momentum ample ample motivation to in uh, to get the American people riled up I mean obviously we were attacked I mean what do you what is the appropriate response when somebody bombs Pearl Harbor <laughs> and so that's uh, the same thing happened with uh, 9/11 people saw that go down they were told that it was Osama bin Laden they were told that it was Iraq and then there that's where their anger gets focused and so we have a situation here in America where and, and this this is a this is a different type of blowback than I'm talking about but we have a situation here in America where you know we could have mushroom clouds go off all in the big cities around the country and we'd be totally dependent on the news media and the government to tell us who to hate after after seeing the mushroom clouds. I was but- thinking
1: about that just last night because one of my favorite video games is the Fallout series and it, they all take place in a post-nuke world and you kind of yeah. have to survive. But I was thinking about this last night. If there was a nuclear strike in the United States, it would be impossible for anybody, for any of us to know where it came from. Because any, any, you know, the Chinese could get on TV and claim responsibility. This kind of reminds me of stuff that, that happened a lot post 9-11, with with terrorist attacks, there would be some uh, terrorist attack in some market in Afghanistan or or Pakistan, and a bunch of innocent people would die. And then and then a day later, you'd have a video put out by Al Qaeda or ISIS or whoever taking credit for it. Now, who knows the authenticity authenticity of those videos? Who knows, right? Well, there yeah, there
0: was a lot of dispute over whether the Osama bin Laden <laughs> whether the Osama bin Laden videos were even authentic. You had the chubby bin Laden, the skinny bin Laden. Yeah, he seemed
1: to get younger. Yeah, and, he, went, and he, was taking, he
0: was taking credit for 9/11 and talking to people. And you know, I think those were fabricated. Personally,
1: I'm I'm sure at least some of them probably. Have, were. have
0: you people not seen the movies lately? I mean. Look at what they can do with CGI. I
1: I keep saying this, and I like saying it, and every time I get an opportunity to say it, I'm going to say it, and that is this: deep fakes are going to cause a war. And if,
0: well, they may have already caused a war. It's
1: possible. <laughs> if you don't know what deep fake is, just look it up on YouTube. It's um, or or go watch uh go watch the Mandalorian or one of the newer Star Wars movies, or the BBC. I think that mentioned before they made a fake queen it's remarkable what they can do what what they can do with yeah, computers and espe-
0: especially if you take that video then and then degrade it and make it look like it was done on VHS and and smuggled out of
1: Afghanistan you know you know there there's people who Trump Trump gave a, a video speech people called it his concession speech but he actually didn't ever concede in it and I am not going to go down that road too much but people are saying that that was probably a deep fake. People are saying some of the videos of Biden in his basement this summer were deep fakes and the well, point is it's it's very difficult to know. Yeah. It's almost impossible to know what if what we're seeing on a television screen is real. There's a a famous example and I'm trying to think of the details where the news showed Missiles flying in and, and blowing stuff up to make it look like—I think it was with Syria—to make it look like Syria was just being bombarded with missiles. It turns out that the video footage came from training, a training uh, exercise.
0: Oh yeah, it was at night. Yeah, it was at night time, and so it was hard to tell. So a low-quality video, but they were blowing stuff up, and they were they were using it as if that was Syria, and it was actually file footage from a training exercise in the United in States. In the United States, yeah.
1: Like we're long past the days of the of the trashy North Korean Photoshop jobs. If you ever want a good laugh, try to look those up. They the North Korean propaganda where they would use Photoshop to plop people into photos and very poorly.
0: Like for what reason? I'm 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 not aware of this. Oh, to about show
1: it. like military might, or so they would they would they would manipulate. Uh, one missile with a little contrail of of smoke and they would duplicate that oh like there's a ton to of make them. it look like there were several of them or to put uh their their leader uh into a scene of uh you know to to prove he was there or something and the and the photoshop was so bad that like i mean a 13 year old learning the program could do better um uh, but well, we're long we're long past those days yeah. it's so it's it's remember usually what we see in the movies and, and what we see in in normal daily life is behind what military, military technology can do
0: yeah by by 20 years at least yeah but we, we were talking about blowback we kind of got off onto the topic of deep fakes which i think is really important and, and the idea that nothing is real um we, we did a whole episode on that i think it was our second one what is reality and i don't i don't think we really developed that topic, topic well We'd enough probably I mean, we didn't. could maybe a part for, 2 on that we could go ever go on forever about that but uh
1: blowback is blowback was an idea that was kind of put into my head by ron paul ron paul would talk openly about blowback particularly about our behavior in the middle east, the middle east. yeah during his two thousand eight and two thousand twelve, because you, you got to ask yourself presidential you got, campaigns. You,
0: you, how how do you feel? How would you feel if there was a whether you had a dictator or not? How would you feel if five years after that guy was deposed, you had foreign troops running around in the streets, and they were in your country and they were meddling with your affairs, and you couldn't get a leg up because these foreigners were doing
1: stuff. There's there's this. Idea that it's only Americans that are patriotic, and it's only Americans that have pride in their in their heritage and their nationality. and that, people that grow up in some crappy what we would define as crappy third world place, why don't wouldn't why would they country. want? To,
0: well, yeah, why wouldn't they want to be American?
1: I traveled through the Middle East during the kind of the height of the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, and it was it was interesting to get a different perspective and. They kind of understood the American point of view, but they also they also acknowledged that we generally didn't understand their point of view. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a George Bush, you're either with the terrorists or against us. They don't like the terrorists either. They don't like these radical uh, factions because most of the time the victims of those radical factions and their crimes are regular Middle Eastern Muslim people. Because they'll go and blow up mosques and and markets and, and right. other places where a lot of innocent people die. They're not doing that. They're not doing that to go kill Americans. And they have killed a lot of Americans too because so, we're So you, there. Were,
0: you were dealing with people who had had some American education, some experience in America. So they saw your side of it and their side of it, mm-hmm. whereas you were new to their side of it.
1: Right. And it's not even, a, I wouldn't even call it sides. It's just a different perspective. perspective yeah. Because. Th- I think every, everybody kind of understands that radicalism and, and terrorism and violence is not a desirable outcome.
0: Well, anyway, blow, blowback's a real thing, and Ron Paul did talk about it relative to the Middle East.
1: He got a lot of political blowback
0: yeah, people, from the neocons for the doing idea, so. The idea is you punch somebody, try to hide the first punch, and then they retaliate. And I think that the statist elements of the American control system would like to see the American people retaliate. So that they want to see blowback. They want to see chaos so that they can enact greater controls.
1: That's one of the reasons we called last week's episode avalanche because an avalanche an avalanche, uh, is caused by constant and particularly sudden impact and pressure on an already existing weak layer of snow. And I'm not going to rehash all that. You can go back and listen to go back and listen to episode 5. I think it's it's a good episode, but but so what we have is is pressure being put on people going back even of course with COVID and all of the pressure and the stress that are being put on people. And all of the all of the Gaslighting in the double standards, in the double speak, in the newspeak, all of these different things that don't add up, and people understand and see that they don't add up. And I think your average American looks at the news and says, This does not make any sense. And that's the point. The point is to make you angry, to make you confused, to make you say, This doesn't add up. We've got to do something.
0: Right. In, in the Sherlock Holmes movie that we were talking about, the bad guy, Blackwood, multiple times talks about ruling through fear. He creates fear, which is going to cause the outcome that he wants. And that's what is happening right now in America. Is there, Everybody's fearful. What are they fearful about? They're fearful about their jobs. They're fearful about coronavirus. They're fearful about some domestic right-wing terrorist threat. And they're not recognizing that the, it's actually the, should we, would you we call them a worm tongue? The, the worm tongue media that is whispering in their ears carefully crafted propaganda to try and make them fearful it, under the guise of keeping them informed.
1: Worm tongue, if you're not familiar, is a character in uh, Lord of the Rings. Correct. Yes, and he whispers. Literally, he whispers spells into the ears of the uh, the king Theoden. King King, king of the, Theoden king Theoden from of the Riders from Ro- of Rohan. The Riders of Rohan, and there's a great scene in the in the movie where his physical appearance is actually affected by these spells, and they break the spell, and he he the spell breaks, and he rehearsed. this change.
0: He, he becomes revivified. He looks is, is younger
1: it, and stronger. Yeah,
0: he was on death's doorstep because of the false information, and then he becomes re-enlivened by the truth, which Gandalf brings him. Gandalf, of course, is the messenger, the true messenger.
1: This idea, too, of a, a soothsayer whispering into the into the ears of power isn't or new.
0: A Rasputin, a Rasputin.
1: Rasputin is a great... Real life example, like, yeah, that guy is weird
0: <laughs> had a huge influence on the Romanovs as their empire crumbled well we've been we've been in the mode of predicting the future the last few weeks <laughs> and theorizing on where it 's going to go, so we 're not really predicting we know i 'm a crystal ball over here, wish we did, but we've been theorizing about where it 's going to go and it's been it was interesting because we theorized that things would get out of hand. At the rally and they did and I don't think either me or Bobby expected it to go this quickly this fast and so now now that we've seen it now like for example this Waller article is super important because it's very clear it's intentional it makes me think that and we discussed this last week that this is going to go fast like an avalanche and so I do think that this Wednesday we will see some sort of a false flag and it'll probably be uh, a lone gunman or a lone bomber or something I, although although I don't think it's outside of the realm of poss- possibilities that the uh, control the controllers the oligarchy would blow up the entire inauguration like literally destroy Joe Biden and you know, the Clintons or whoever else is there, like maybe maybe shoot off a, a small missile, a Hellfire missile or something from a drone and then call it a backpack bomb and kill 40, 40 high-level people and then blame it, of course, on the conservative right, maybe a, maybe a conspiracy of five or 10 people or a, a lone bomber or, or something. And the, what this does, if they can kill off, like who attends an inauguration? John Roberts will be there. Supreme yeah, Court justice. He, he will be doing. He the will swearing swear in. them in.
1: You, you, you get usually past presidents that are yeah, still alive. Obviously, you'll,
0: yeah, you'll get you'll get past president. They they might even blame it on Trump because Trump's not going to attend. So you'll get uh, members of co- the legislature, the House, the uh, the Speaker, and then the the Senate. There's going to be leader. some
1: entertainers.
0: Wouldn't it be convenient for the oligarchy to replace all of those people with their people? I mean, not that the not that the folks aren't already their people, but if they really want less baggage f- from which to enact new and interesting laws against our our civil liberties, that that if they if they had a big event, that would that would create the possibility.
1: If you if you wanted it would grease
0: the wheels, it would grease the wheels if they had a big if terrorist event
1: one of the things we've theorized about is 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 the complete that there's a force of people trying to instigate the complete destabilization of the united states mm-hmm. this would be a great opportunity and and i don't say that lightly but this would be uh, like because of the people there because of the symbolism because of the climate right what i think might happen is that We'll get a, we will get a uh, thwarted attempt at something. Well, in
0: Sherlock Holmes, you have a thwarted attempt. You, he he sets a chemical bomb underneath the uh, Parliament building, and he has given his supporters an antidote, and he's going to kill off the Parliament and then take over control. And if, if you have a power vacuum like that, it, it's a perfect opportunity for the oligarchy to install. To, to well first of all to claim a state of emergency and then to install the people that they want in those positions because guaranteed they have influence in all of the state capitals and can get their guys into the u.s congress so
1: and the, the other thing that uh, uh see we we alluded to this in a previous episode the fbi has a long history of fabricating threats thwarting the threats and then pretending to be heroes this yeah. would be a This would be their Super Bowl, but that's but that's the
0: question, Bobby. Are we at the stage where they're going to thwart the threat, or do they want to burn the house down? That's and that's what I'm postulating is like that. Literally, this might be the stage where they go, "Hey, game on." I mean, that's what I feel like January sixth was. Game on. They tried to get the right involved in blowback, and they couldn't. The right is, or at least the everyday conservative, average Joe, traditional person that sees donald trump as the symbol of resistance against the oligarchy whether they love him or not whether they understand it or not that's what he is he's the symbol of resistance against the oligarchy and we've postulated on our opinions about trump and how we're not really totally be- behind the whole q thing or the not,
1: or even the idea that he's fighting the i mean, the
0: state right i mean he he's increased the national debt dramatically that's exactly what they want so and, and his cabinet's full of Globalists. So, I, you know, I'm not totally on board the Trump train in that way. But I do like that he represents.
1: Uh, For the, whatever reason, uh, he's come to represent uh, resistance to the establishment, to the deep state, to the oligarchy, to the globalists.
0: Right. So he'd <laughs> rather see him in office than than their oh, their guy. But anyway, uh, the, this they keep the narrative they're pushing. And remember, they told us the election would be contested and they told us that it would take a while to know the results they, they pre-messaged that in the in the media before the election and then that happened and then they made a big deal over the vote fraud and then and, and, and brought everything to a climax on january 6th and then they came out with the narrative the narrative that there's insurrection right against our quote-unquote democracy whatever that means What's, what's crazy is that the, the insurrection or the, the riot was the actual manifestation of democracy. Exactly. And, and
1: a side note on this is that there were people arrested. And to my knowledge and the, the homework I've done is that none of the people arrested are being, are being charged with sedition or insurrection or treason. Trespassing, They're right? being charged with unlawful trespassing, if they're being charged at all. Yeah, I think some of the ones that are probably on tape or or have photos of maybe vandalism, knocking stuff down or stealing stuff. Yeah, they might get a, a vandalism or a theft charge. But those, there were so few of those people. Even Buffalo Hat Man, I don't think stole anything. Yeah, and I, can but, you and call there, it I, trespassing when the police? Well, I think
0: you it's, in. I think it's like uh, they're saying. Uh, occupying an unlawful, a restricted area, or they have, they have some federal laws. So it's going to be worse than trespassing, but it's in the, it's in the same category.
1: And, and some of those more prominent ones will probably get hit with that.
0: Yeah. But the news isn't t- telling you that they're telling you that there's a manhunt on for these rioters and.
1: Yeah. And the press, the press is asking people to help identify. The FBI is asking for help. And, and th- that's a, that's a, not a precedent that I, I like you could frame anybody. Look, there's a guy, that guy is wearing a red hat. My neighbor wears a red hat. He. he it must have been him.
0: Well, any, anyway, uh, the narrative here is that something's going to happen on Wednesday. That's what I'm trying to say is that's the narrative. And, and I appears, agree with you. It appears
1: that they have been setting up for that. I guess the question is, is magnitude or scale. Is it going to be something that is thwarted and Joe Biden can can look like a sympathetic target of right-wing hate and the FBI and the CIA and whoever else can look like heroes or is it going to be something worse?
0: I think it's going to be worse because Joe Biden's expendable. He's old. He's already said he's, he's already, expendable. Yeah. He's, I'll get
1: a disease and have to resign. He said. Yeah. like He
0: literally could go at any time. And I, you know, I is, don't think there's a, there's a saying, and I can't remember what the quote, where the quote comes from. It's probably the Bible. Uh, the devil doth not uphold his own. Right. I mean, like, like I said, to have a seat at the table in the criminal syndicate is a very precarious position. I, There, there are bigger forces at work here than George Bush Sr. or William Jefferson Clinton, or even um, Henry Kissinger. The the the, the right. idea that there could be a bomb go off that kills a bunch of them is not out of the question
1: if if this happens we may not uh we may want to pull all of our episodes down and change our names <laughs> well, well okay
0: so what's what are the results of this the results of of the activities we're seeing are first of all mass
1: censorship which we talked about last week right Yeah, I think we've talked about mass censorship in all of our episodes because it's such a prominent, it's a prominent theme, but it's also happening in more and more obvious and widespread uh, instances. The net of censorship is getting widened and rapidly.
0: Right, and it's the mainstream press that's calling for the censorship.
1: CNN, NBC.
0: They don't like competition. That's the problem. they're, they're, They're losing people. And so, therefore,
1: they're, a man. Losing,
0: they're losing, not money, but control. They're losing control of the public mind. There's a
1: man who used to work for Facebook. That right there tells you. And we're not talking like he was some intern. He was a senior executive at Facebook. He was on CNN the other day complaining that there were YouTubers out there with more audience than CNN, with a bigger audience than CNN. And I laughed when I saw that because that sounds that sounds like a CNN problem. Yeah, it but sounds, and 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 it his solution for that was to curtail. I think that's the word he used was to curtail these people, to silence them. Right, and and they they don't like that because that that makes them
0: that demonstrates they have less influence. And right now
1: in this political in this political environment, they people like that are being empowered to say things that. Even just six months ago they would they would not dare say,
0: yeah, but on their face they're self evidently evil I mean y- y- uh, the yeah, fact that they can course. get away with saying that number one, cNN has spent the last four years disparaging the right, and they've lost a lot of credibility because of it that you don't you can't act like that without consequences, but they want to have their cake and eat it too and so he says, well, we got to get rid of the youtubers because they're cutting into our audience i mean it's it's like overt um, selfishness it's like it's like having your two-year-old steal a sucker from another two-year-old. It's like, that's obviously bad.
1: <laughs> right. And,
0: and you and you know the kids can't help it, but you recognize, okay, well, they're two, two if years a, old. But
1: if the YouTuber supports the narrative, they don't worry about that YouTuber. They don't they don't worry about the the communist sympathizer YouTuber. What they're worried about is the person that doesn't buy into the narrative. I'm not even saying right, just but, conservatives, because there's thing, a lot of people that aren't... Your traditional conservative, who have very popular YouTube-based and internet-based shows and podcasts,
0: mm-hmm. well, this has been going on for a couple of years. They've brought in the tech giants multiple times, the 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 CEOs, to talk about their their problems, and it really is a "don't throw me in the briar patch" type of a of an episode. And is there
1: you- a, is there an easy one word kind of way to describe what it is when government Teams up with major corporations to rule the people. Hmm.
0: I think we call that fascism.
1: I've heard of that. I've heard that
0: before, but it's mostly it's called anti-fascism right now. But yeah,
1: up is down.
0: Yes, up is down. It's it's fascist, but it. You know, you if you're listening to this, may or may not have heard of "Song of the South," a good old Disney show that was set in the South, and because it portrayed some stereotypes that certain people became sensitive to it has been erased from the public mind but in that brer rabbit gets away from bear fox and brer bear by you know they want to they want to cook him up and eat him or or but they really want to hurt him because he's he's made them uh, out to be fools he's he's made them look foolish and so they want to hurt him and so they're going to boil him or stretch him or whatever and he says well if you really wanted to hurt me You throw me in the briar patch so don't throw me in the briar patch turns out that's where he lives he loves the briar patch and so the idea is the the media wants regulation of themselves because they can as a fascist organization married with government they can do whatever they want that supports the control narrative that they want to push upon the people
1: the it's interesting that the the movie song of the south's been Pretty well erased. You can still find uh, references to it on the internet, but it's hard to find the actual film. And yet, some of the most iconic Disney characters and songs came, came from that uh, movie and still persist today. Although, uh, one, of the most, one of the most popular places that that kind of theme lives on is the Splash Mountain ride in yeah. Disneyland, which is being rebranded. <laughs> They're going to gut that and turn it into a Princess and the Frog ride. Oh, okay. Um, and no longer have it be a, you know, Brer Rabbit, Briar Patch, Song of the South. I remember watching that show when I was a kid. Right. And look what happened to me. Look at the way I grew up. Deplorable. White. Baseless. <laughs> Your skin color didn't change.
0: <laughs> it's interesting because the whites make up about 60% of America still. And the way we're talked about is as if we're this dangerous minority. And if you're a white male, you're approximately 30% of Americans are white men. That's huge. That's f- for us to have allowed this to happen is amazing. And make no mistake, these people that are pushing the the race narrative, they on their face are racist. They're literally talking about segregating Schools so that blacks can have a safe space and, and minorities can have a safe space. They're segregating the whites out of it. Th- that is, I mean, I don't even have the words to explain how hypocritical that is relative to the civil rights movement of the, the 60s, which was to, re- to get rid of segregation. And, and they, went, they went so far as to bus black kids from black areas into white areas to integrate the races and now they're talking about segregation and and cutting out an entire race that the the whole thing is racist and or would nobody, be nobody 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 will call it that nobody w- dares call it racist it would it be racist. racist
1: if it were possible to be racist against white people but it's not yeah but by definition according it's racist according to them i know I according know. to them i know but by definition no, course, it's racist and we we've
0: devolved into name calling now we're now just devolving to uh, ad hominem because i'm i'm standing up here and saying on our podcast, it's racist. And so what well, they do, they'll call me racist. Right. Well, you're just a racist. You're a white racist. You need racist. to check
1: your privilege. You don't understand how racist you are because you're inherently racist, unable to because you are born racist.
0: Which is a big, fat lie. Of so now we're into liar, liar, pants on fire territory. And your self-evident truth is not reality, and ours is. You know, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary to tell someone that they're an idiot and that you're not going <laughs> to hang out with them anymore you do it but the but because of the power of the media because of the incredible mind control going on people everywhere and i'm not talking about just white people we're talking about, i mean cuz trump this uh this article by um the political scientist we're going to link to uh okay. professor rin he talks about how donald trump gained ground among all ethnic categories as an incumbent he he had more black people voting for him around the country except in of course philadelphia where 100 of the blacks voted for and the whites voted for uh and the deceased and the deceased (laughs) all voted for joe biden but anyway trump and the conservative movement the and, and i don't want to call it the conservative movement i want to call it the everyday american who recognizes something is wrong movement all the races the Asians, the Hispanics, the blacks, the whites, they're coming together in a way that has never before been seen, and the, the media wants to label this as populism, as if that's somehow bad. It's popular because these people are getting it, and, and they're coming together, and they recognize that something is wrong. Meanwhile, they're being told to hate each other, Right. And so, so that what I'm what I'm saying is not this outlandish privileged thing. This is like, if if you are out there and you're listening to this and you're like, these guys are obviously obviously privileged white people. You need to recognize you're in a minority, a shrinking minority, and a and a lot of the folks out there who's, who live in the cities, who whose cities were burn, who whose uh, businesses were burned down by the Black Lives Matters riots, and, and all the Antifa people. They don't agree with you. They don't agree with you.
1: I saw Antifa um, in some big city were already getting ready to protest Biden. They're just protesting. They're just agitators. They're trying to create chaos. They're not there because they're fighting for any kind of justice. And they pretty well co-opted the BLM movement, which was already co-opted. So it's just been... Tail spun into basically civil unrest. Yeah, that's the whole point of antifa.
0: It's to create civil unrest so the fascist establishment can take greater control. It's very, in, it's a very intentional move. It's a very organized move, and it. W- w- I don't it's know what pantifa new. means, but fantifa is what they should be. They're the fascist anti-fascists.
1: And it's not new. This isn't. This is something that uh, that is as old as as government and conflict and the, war. Yeah, this happened
0: in the Bolshevik Revolution. I think we've mentioned this, the, bol- the word Bolshevik in Russian means majority. And it's the absolute worst manifestation of democracy where an oligarchy induces a majority to destroy the minority. And there, there's a good um, explan- explanation of this in the Wikipedia article on the green armies. These were peasant armies that evolved in Russia during the Bolshevik revolution they were just these peasants who had to band together to try and protect themselves and the bolsheviks came through in an organized fashion and burned their homes executed the peasants stole their livestock that's that's what the majority does these were these were peasants that were just trying to protect their families and their and their homes and their lands and the bolsheviks the majority comes in and destroys them and takes away their rights
1: so if we zoom out and get a super wide angle, we have a situation in the United States and really throughout the world, but let's focus on the United States where for nearly a year now, people have had undue stress placed upon them with the coronavirus restrictions and response. The the virus itself has been a non-stressor. I'm going to I'm going to go as far as say it's a non-stressor on its own. I know, I'm not saying that to downplay anybody who has gotten sick or or, or died from coronavirus or with well, coronavirus but look, what I'm saying is that
0: it's not a big deal and let me let me just add to that I went through the the mortality numbers off of the CDC website and unless they're fudging them like they are the the goal, global warming numbers or double counting deaths it appears that we are surpassing just barely the 2017 flu season spike this winter. So in Utah, there's been a spike. We never had a spike in in the spring like the rest of the nation did, but we've got a little spike going on right now. About double the death rate, which means instead of 30 people per week in Utah dying, 75 people are dying. Um, so it, it is a thing. There's there is a, there is a seasonal illness that's going on, but it's not in not even in the ballpark. Not even not well, even in the. The same range that they want and, to say, as far as danger goes,
1: right. And it's it's on its own. It had had nobody. It seems like nobody really wants to answer this question honestly, or even ask themselves this question. But if the media didn't hype this up, would you know there's a pandemic?
0: That's the that's a really good way to look at it. That I think what Bobby just said. Everybody should be telling their friends like that, uh, help, trying to help them understand. That's the way we should be looking at this if the media was not there, would we even care would we even know no we would say hey there's something going around maybe and and maybe. maybe you know maybe be careful
1: so if we continue to zoom out we've got we've got a lot of stress that's been put on people for a long time for almost a whole year then you add into that the political stress which has been really ramped up if you go back to say may June which started with the I'm gonna I'm gonna say that started in earnest with the George Floyd fiasco, which was immediately turned into a left versus right, white versus black, Trump versus Biden uh, incident. Then you have the election itself. Then you have, uh, then you then you have the events at the Capitol. Again, we're zooming out. You combine that all together, and you you have a recipe for disaster, because you have people who are tired. You have people who are stressed. You have people who are worried. I don't think the I don't think the average American, the average American, isn't watching the weekly press conference that his governor and state epidemiologist has. They don't. They don't care. They're just trying to live their lives. The average American probably glanced at headlines about what happened at the Capitol and said, "Wow." The right finally lost it.
0: Well, the average American probably also got a few emails from friends or social media posts or whatever, telling them that
1: it was mischaracterized. Probably, but what I'm what I'm getting at is that you have this kind of low. What what has been a low grade malaise, malaise that has that has sort of increased incrementally over the course of the year, to where we're at a point now where. All it's going to take, I think, is, is, as kind we talked about, one event, or I'm getting this sense that people are starting to think, we're almost through this pandemic garbage. We're about ready to go back to normal. The vaccine's out there. Uh, You you even have like Cuomo and Lightfoot. Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago. If you ever want to look up a a lunatic, see what a lunatic, a real-life lunatic looks like, just look up her career. I know we don't like Ad Hominem, but my goodness, but <laughs> well, these guys are talking about so reopening. They're they're starting to talk about reopening the restaurants and their and why? which is a complete one eighty from where they were just a few days ago. So what I'm getting at is, well, you ask why it might be to make Biden look good and make him the hero or the left the hero, but I'm worried that just as we think we're going to walk out of this, they're going to slam the door shut on on us all over again. And we're going to have a repeat of lockdowns and closures and shutdowns. Maybe 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 they'll be a little bit different. Maybe the reasoning will be different. They have the precedent now. All they need is some external threat that they can use to scare enough people and they can do anything they want. Maybe that next external threat is a new covid, maybe it's a right-wing militia, maybe it's a nuke, maybe it's invading forces from China. It doesn't matter they can it can be anything, and they now know that if they scare enough people and repeat the repeat the lie over and over that they can do anything they want, and we will go along with it until we don't and in the moment we don't go along with it is the moment that they break the dam they have their justification. the capital was nothing it well, was nothing but it was the it will be it will be remembered as the beginning if this goes down that road in itself it was nothing right when when you think of like when you think of it in terms of insurrection or a coup or or even a protest or a riot it was pretty tame i don't mean to dismiss people who got hurt or who died but it wasn't it wasn't anything near what we we're being told it is and i think we'll someday look back and say that was the that was the rock that trickled down the mountain or that was the skier that stepped onto the slope, the snowy slope and sent a crack shooting across the top of the slope and then the slope collapsed and the whole thing Mm -hmm. avalanched.
0: Well, getting back to Sherlock Holmes, here's what happens. Blackwood, uh, his final act, of course, is in parliament. He's trying to induce the members of the House of Commons and House of Lords to join his cause and then he's going to kill off the people that are the unbelievers, the people that won't won't follow his cause. And he holds behind his his uh back uh, a remote control which is a wireless device which will detonate the chemical weapon in the basement. And there's a, a big action scene going on downstairs where Sherlock and, and Watson and uh, the lady, I forget her name they are uh, battling to try and disarm the device. And the girl, she, she, uh, wh- while the two guys are fighting a bunch of guys, um, you know, physically, she takes some gunpowder and makes a, improvises a little explosive device to dislodge the chemicals from the, the canisters from the machine, and then she takes off with them. She runs away. And... So Sherlock follows her because he he thinks that that... In the movie, you can never really trust this woman. We we don't know where her loyalties really lie and who she's working for. We know she's working for Moriarty. We find that out at some point, but Sherlock thinks the whole... He's misdirected. He thinks that she's after these canisters, and he goes after her, and he ends up in a fight with Blackwood, and Blackwood gets hung from the bridge. Meanwhile... Uh, Moriarty is downstairs and he takes the, the wireless aspect of the device, the wireless portion of it, and he takes off. And, and the way that the movie ends is that Sherlock is talking to Watson. They find out that some more policemen have died and that the, the machine was that, that that part of the machine had been removed. And at the end, Sherlock says, the wire-free invention was the game all along. Imagine being able to control any device simply by sending a command via radio wave. It's the future, Watson. And so I'm applying that to our scenario right now. Imagine you are the, the controllers and you have this media mouthpiece that wirelessly controls the minds. You are the devices, people. They control the public mind wirelessly and they, that is their invention, that they can send a command and control any device simply by sending the command via radio wave. That is the future. That's the future we are living in right now. And so it, we can postulate all day long. We can guess and, and uh, predict, but it will be something, something will happen. And it's going to be detrimental to freedom. It, they're attacking the First Amendment Right now, they're going to attack the Second, Second Amendment almost immediately. We need to speak out. We need to make sure that all of our acquaintances know that we should never give up our guns under any circumstances. There's no law they can pass that would make that right. And we need to protect those God-given rights because they are wires, wirelessly controlling the public mind and they're quickly losing control of it and therefore greater and greater crises are needed just this we're kind of right back where we were last week
1: an avalanche can start kind of slowly and I've, I've witnessed this and then it quickly picks up speed if the slope is steep enough and big enough an avalanche can go 100 miles an hour and it can be absolutely destructive so what we have right now might be the the, the beginnings of that the slow ramp up in uh Computer games. There's a there's an element in computer game called an NPC, a the non, non the non player character non player character. And if you've ever played any kind of a a role playing type game, you'll go up to a non player character, an NPC, and they'll usually give you a quest or offer some kind of dialogue that enhances or uh, advances the story. And they might and they have a set uh, group of of dialogue. They can only say what they've been programmed to say. We have real life NPCs in the real world. There's no better example than news than the news readers. These people that even your local news guy, they read a script. They don't they don't have dialogue. They don't have things that they can say that aren't already programmed into their heads. And they're being used to further the narrative, to advance the story, and to send you on some quest to gather six apples from the orchard down the road. And look out, there might be some radiated dogs down there. (laughs) So you might have to kill those dogs. But then you come back with your apples, and they send you on your next task. It works in computer games. In the real world, it doesn't work quite as well because it's our... Because the idea is to turn everybody into NPCs, to turn everybody into programmed drones that only do what they're told to do, and only act within the small parameter of of allowed uh, uh, allowed actions, allowed opinions. They only think what they're allowed to think and they only say
0: what the talking points are. And we see that a lot when you can tell when people are repeating, Mainstream talking points, if you, if you have heard anyone say it was an insurrection against our democracy, you heard a non-player character aspect of them come out.
1: Another phrase right now that I see everywhere is that the vaccine is safe and effective. It is safe and effective. Well, it's, it's, it's actually not. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stories breaking and, and coming out that it may not be safe.
0: Yeah, I think there have been f- over 50 Americans have been killed by the vaccine so far.
1: And as far as effective, we won't know. Even the manufacturers of this vaccine are saying, we're not really sure if it's going to prevent infection and transmission. And and we've talked a lot about the vaccine previously, but it's safe and effective. It's incredibly dangerous to our democracy. Right. Incredibly dangerous. So don't be an NPC. Think for yourself. Find sources. Find differing opinions and come to your own conclusions based on your life experience, your own principles, your own, your own eyeballs. So often what the news tells us is not what we see with our own eyes. And that goes back to if the media wasn't telling us every day for weeks and weeks and weeks last spring that there's a pandemic, would we have even known there was a pandemic? No. I wouldn't have, at least not where I live and not in my not in my life's experience. No. So don't be an NPC. Be right. a, and be make... a player character. Be in, in, in Be in, the hero. In fiction, in fiction a good character is a character often that takes action rather than being acted upon, right? You could you could look at Luke Skywalker and we've used his, him as an example in the first part of the of the of a New Hope he's being acted upon. He's, he is a, he is a product of his environment. And he kind of has this whiny victim mentality, right? It's not until he decides to actually take action that he becomes a, that he becomes a a character that we can relate to, that we like, that we root for. A lot of people say, I oh, hate, I don't like Luke Skywalker. He's whiny. And he was until he And you you could even argue that it's not until middle of empire strikes back where he realizes that he has to take control of his own destiny and not let his circumstances determine who he is or whether or not he will succeed. So don't be acted upon, but take action, whatever that might mean. It might just mean taking your mask off. It might mean sending emails. It might mean starting a podcast. It might mean... Uh, just talking to people at the store.
0: It's probably helping other people not be NPCs.
1: I I go back to something I I like to talk about. Take your mask off and smile at people. That's being eliminated from our culture. Because it's
0: incredibly dangerous to our democracy.
1: Smile at people and offer to shake their hands. If they're not ready for a handshake yet, then fist bump. But get rid of this dumb elbow thing. We need to get rid of that. When you say hello to people, especially neighbors and people you know, if you go to church or something, and you say hello, t- hit them on the shoulder, f- clap them on the back. People need that. People need to know that we are still humans and we are still, uh, that we can still help each other through difficult situations. We've been told all along that we're in this together, and yet you need to isolate and stay away from each other. We're not in this together. In, this, in that sense. We are in this together in that we're all being manipulated and lied to by a very small group of people that are very loud and powerful. We're more. There's more of us than them. And the player character in video games, the hero in movies, they prevail because they take action and they're fighting for something that's good and right and true. So be that guy. Being a hero doesn't mean you got to whip your guns out and and go down in a Blaze of glory. Blaze of glory like Bon Jovi. In fact, I would <laughs> I would I would argue don't don't do that at all. We've talked about that before. Use your firearms legally and lawfully and responsibly.
0: don't give them up, because you use them morally. Right. Don't morally. give them up.
1: But what we are saying, and this is something that we kind of keep coming back to at in 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 uh in our episodes, in our podcasts, is be be the person that helps somebody else realize what's going on. So talk about the the lies in the news. Find videos that show that the Capitol insurrection was no more than a a rowdy... uh, Well, it was
0: hardly rowdy. Right. But you be be an ambassador for truth. And we all have to recognize that we need to become the hero or the heroine of our own epic journey and figure out in a cosmic way, in a, in a very spiritual way, why we're here. Because obviously we're, we, we didn't come here to this world to retire and, you know, flitter around Europe and, and travel every once in a while and watch, watch sit in your recliner and watch Fox News for hours like our grandparents did. Like those, those people that lived in the golden age of America after World War II that retired and have passed on, you know, I respect them greatly, bless their hearts, what, whatever you think of them, they had in their golden years a life that we will not have. You need to wake up and smell the criminal syndicate, smell the destruction of your currency, smell the destruction of your economy and the nation. We are not going to get that. we can we can try all we want to affect the political situation, but it appears based on current events, what just happened that have been orchestrated, this is not an outcome that is likely because of the fascist oligarchy that intends to destabilize this nation and this world. So obviously, you didn't come here to be like your grandparents and have a 401k that you're going to just retire on and, and live out your life and go to birthday parties or whatever. You must have come here for something different. So wake up. Figure that out between you and God. And then be that hero. Be that heroin and do all the human things that bobby's talking about don't be the non player character do the be be human be divine and be helpful and be positive and be moral and then be able to articulate that to people so that you can help them become that because you know it's funny in the movies you you have one Luke Skywalker we've got an issue here where we have lots of potential Luke Skywalkers. Uh, Mormon theology is interesting because we have a a temple ceremony. We're one of the few Christian groups that, that emulates the ancient temple. And in the ancient temple, there's an initiate. And in our temple ceremony, the name of the initiate is Adam. Adam simply means man. He is the man. He's the everyday man, and he has to wake up, and recognize who he is, and go through this journey to connect with God, to, to, to find out his true identity. And that's that's what everybody here in this world has to do. They need to wake up, recognize who they are, and go through the process. And if we could all do that, you know, if, if we had a large segment of society working towards that positive, righteous end, then the society would be a lot better off. But instead, it appears we have this wireless control that is that is working. So work against that. Work, you know, be that positive influence that Bobby was talking about.
1: Evil conspiring men are trying to strip you of your humanity and therefore your divinity and your divine nature. Don't let them do that. Yeah. And they have they're very occult,
0: very spiritual people. These people when when you really get, get down to it, they are exactly like the folks in the Sherlock Holmes movie. They have a a mystical esoteric system a temple system even and they are working for the wrong side they they are literally playing on the other team and they would like you to forget who you really are and what kind of power you actually have when you wake up and start to influence other people for good
1: like comment subscribe
0: <laughs> everybody have a great week hopefully we'll see you next week
1: yeah. And like we said, uh, find us right now on the internet, mindvirus.show. We'd love to hear from you. So drop a comment. Uh, in the future, maybe we'll, we'll put a public facing email. But right now, leave comments on the on the blog. We will see those.
0: We're going to come up with a, uh, an email list so that we can send out some notifications. And if you enjoy this, please share it with friends.
1: Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week.